Chiefs 20, Giants 17. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants are 2-8, and eight, which is their best record um, to start the season over the last five years, tied with it. You know, four, 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 four years under Dave Gettleman, and at the halfway point, eight games, they are 2-6 and six this season, 1-7 and seven last season, 2-6 and six the season before, and 1-7 and seven his first season. 6-26 and 26 over and overall. Uh, again, second straight year, it's Monday Night Football before the trade deadline, and second straight year where they should be selling, selling, selling. Justin, we'll talk about this game in particular, like we always do on the Monday pods, but it's I'm not even so specifically mad at this game, it's just I'm mad at why we're here, and the things that have repeated themselves in this game, where it was like, this is the way the Giants lose, is this game. It's, yeah. you know, the things that we kind of dislike about everybody, um offensively and, and coaching-wise, defense played a good game, is the reason why the Giants lost this game. Yeah, Bobby, that's really funny how that's the point that you come to me with because my big frustrating point to kind of start is even you go back to Tom Coughlin in 2015 in his final year, right? The Giants have lost the same type of game for years, <laughs> for for years where it's fans that are arguing and bickering with each other of, you know, is it the player execution? Because that's what the coaches say. Oh, you know, it's just these one or two player execution points. But is it a larger problem of coaching? But then it's the underlying theme of this team just isn't that talented to begin with. And then we're pointing the finger at the general manager, you know, and there's game football's nuance then it's it's a it's a boatload of everybody's fault right it's not just one person not just one thing not just the other but still just as a fan we've had Tom Coughlin Ben McAdoo Pat Shermer Joe Judge four head coaches since 2015 two different general managers you know and even like even when we change head coaches it still almost feels like it's a it's a new regime you almost get new life but it's the same things that just perpetuate themselves over and over and over again. I, and I don't have an answer. And I'm not pointing a finger at anything, at least as of right now. We'll get to it. But it's just frustrating over and over and over again. It's Groundhog Day. It, it really is just Groundhog Day. And I feel embarrassed right now. You know, Maybe the, the rest of the league doesn't feel like the Giants embarrass themselves on national television. But I feel Joe Judge embarrassed himself on national television again this year. Second time that he did it this year, especially with those lack of fourth down decisions. And I just feel embarrassed as a Giants fan that we're here and this was a game that we should have won. So, Well, what's frustrating is, you know, the the things you look at in this game, the reason the way they, they lost are the things that if you had asked us, you know, week 17 ends last year. It's January. It's January. It's January 4th. And we're talking about, like, what, what things do the Giants need to do differently? Like, let's go through the roster, the coaching staff, the GM. To not be and- two and six. Well, yes. Like, what would you need to what What things need to change? Fire Jason. And Garrett. at the top of that list for us was firing Jason Garrett. And you see Jason Garrett rears ugly head again today. And you look at the whole body of work under Jason Garrett, and it's horrible. If we were talking about Joe Judge, 
It would be fourth down decision making. It was the thing we were the most critical, and especially you were of last year. And it is just unless it's fourth and one at the goal line, we don't go for it on fourth down. You know, and that that very well may have been the difference in this game. And that mix, like the mix of of Joe Judge's fourth down decisions paired with Jason Garrett's third down play calling, which is when he's at his absolute worst, even though his philosophy just sucks in general. It's it's a disgusting mix. Because it's like, all right, let's get just to the sticks on third down. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't get there. You're a yard or two short. And, well, we're not going to go for it on fourth down. It's the fact that we said, hey, the offensive line, they can't go, you know, Andrew Thomas, we got, like, this offensive line needs to be upgraded, you know. And it's why I wanted an offensive line. And, and you know, like, you know, when when they once they got called, it's like, okay, we could kind of, like, you know, move on to offensive line. They went into 2021 with a right tackle who lost his job to Nate Solder. Like that was their plan for the right tackle position, and I know and Nate they're both Solder, playing and right Nate now. Solder was the worst tackle in 2019, and that's who they gave the job to after he took a year off. This isn't out of nowhere, and it's while he basically admitted I wasn't working out, I got out of shape. Uh, you know, essentially admitted that he doesn't care about football, but he needs to come and get paid. And they they're like, that's that's our options right now. You know, they said they would self scout and and you know see the things they needed to do to get better. Now defensively, they did change some things. But offensively, they haven't changed anything. The only game where Garrett really changed was versus the Panthers last week when they had three points at the half and they just did a bunch of bootlegs and that was it. You know, and Daniel Jones played really well. You know, so there's a lot we need to talk about in this game, including Daniel Jones, because it wasn't a good Daniel Jones game. Um, it was a good defensive game. Um, and and it's just like, we're here we are again. Here we are again. You know, we there was supposed to be at least some expectations, maybe not to be a great team this year. But to be two and six again is so so frustrating. Should we talk about Judge first? Fourth down Go stuff. I can't hear you. I my headset's broken. Oh, oh, you can't? Or is that? Are you, are you joking? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so I posted the whole minute and a half clip of uh, Dan Duggan asked, particularly in the first half, which there were two fourth down decisions I thought in which Joe Judge should have should have gone for it. And I believe I DM'd them to myself. So the first one that comes from the first half is the Sterling Shepard one, where it was a fourth and two from the Kansas City five, um, you know, where he runs that out route, cuts a little short, doesn't get the first down. Second quarter, two minutes, about two minutes, 50 seconds to go, fourth and two, Kansas City five. Graham Gano, he hit that 23-yarder. And then in the second half, um, I thought they also should have went for a fourth and three from the Giants, 47. Um, third quarter, 740 left. So two situations where it's fourth and short, Especially in the red zone, you could pick up a first down without having to score a touchdown. Thought you should have went for it. And Joe Judge says after the game, which I'm not, I told myself to not react harshly to quotes that come from a locker room and that come from coaches because it's only going to make me more angry. But really, Joe Judge saying this as an explanation just confirms what I believe and that this coaching staff and overall this franchise right now, they don't value scoring seven points consistently. I posted the whole minute and a half clip. But he says, you sometimes shoot yourself in the foot by saying you have to score every point every time it's available. I don't understand why a head coach would ever say that. Like, what, why, what, is, what is the harm of wanting to go out there, score every single point every single time it is available against a team in which you know you have to put up points against? Because that's what he was responding to. He was responding to the fact that, yeah, I know I know this, this game. You know, he was talking about Kansas City being an explosive offense. Yeah, I know this is an explosive offense, but sometimes you shoot yourself in the foot when you get into that mindset of basically this has to be a shootout, which that that's the approach on how you beat a team like Kansas City. When you have that mindset, 
And Joe Judge basically said after the game, ah, you sometimes shoot in your foot when you have that mentality. No. It's why you lost this game. They never go into a game offensive and be like, hey, let's score 38-42. Yeah. It's always like, let's get tw- you know, 25 to 38, 28 points. They had 300 game. yards, and Kansas City has been averaging, giving up f- over 400 yards a game. 420 yards a game. Kansas City has been averaging giving up this year. And Giants total had 300 yards. yards. not passing yards, right? Uh, that's total yards, I yes. saw some people saying that they were giving up 400 passing no, yards. No, it's, game. For, it's I didn't 420, look up that number, but there's no way total yards, yeah. Yeah, I knew there was no way that was real. You know, and on third down, like that third down call to Shep is so frustrating, you know. And I saw people saying, "Well, you know, Shep, it's, you know, you should have ran the route a little longer." Well, you you cut the field in half, you know. You're in the red zone, and you have you don't have much room. You have third and four. You cut the field in half. The Slayton route is really not an option unless it's just uncovered. Like it's it's essentially just clearing out for Shep on the out route. And if Shep runs that at the sticks, well, you have an incompletion or an interception. You know, so that's so frustrating that they do that. And it, it would have been an okay play call. And this is sometimes like when we talk about third down decisions under Garrett, it's like, all right, I could understand this play call if you're going to go for it on fourth down. But they don't. They kick right. a field goal on fourth and two. And it's like, unless it's fourth and one at the one yard line, that's the only time they go for it on fourth down. You know, and it's like so consistent. And, you know, it'd be one like it'd be one thing that if we're coming at, away from a game and we're talking about Joe Judge on fourth down. But it's like we're coming after 24 games and it's like, this is just it. He is. This is. He's never going to change with this. No. You know, and in a game where he wastes a bunch of timeouts, I know the headset thing, but like I don't, I don't, I, I you know, I don't know. It's well, it's, the, the, it's so frustrating. The whole thing with that, the headsets. The whole thing with the headsets, and you know, because wasting timeouts is also it, it's a huge issue. It is a that is a huge huge issue where ever since crowds have been a part of of games, we've been ba- really bad with timeout management. Well. You know, thirty-one other teams seem to not have a have a problem with it. I'm not. I, I I'm, not I'm, no. I'm saying that as a criticism. Not no, I know. Excuse. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I know. But if you so if it's been a headset issue that's sustained itself for the last couple of weeks, why don't you have an alternative system of communication? I mean, that that's my thing. So that could just be a BS throwaway. Yeah, I don't answer. even feel like doing the whole headset thing. No, it's... no. But I'm saying that, you know, for for a coach that has an answer to everything. That's that's a pretty lame excuse as to why do you waste timeouts, especially at the end. Of, again, not prioritize scoring points, right? At the end of the first half, um, what, do you have 30-some seconds left? You know, maybe there's not a strong opportunity to put points on the board there, but I do find it to be pretty funny. The, the selective, like, decision-making on when they're going to be aggressive at the end of the half, at the end of the first half, versus when they're not aggressive – like, why was this scenario where a, a situation where you were aggressive when you had such little time with no timeouts without any kind of skill position players and no offensive line? And then there are other games where you've had your full complement of weapons with, like, two timeouts left with 50 seconds to go, and you choose not to really do anything with it in the first play you run as a draw. I find that to be very, very funny. Right. Well, let's let's talk about DJ. Yeah. You know, 22 for 32, completed 69% of his passes, 222 yards, two touchdowns. One interception. The interception was bad, you know, and it's it's frustrating because I hate the stick concept, especially in the beginning of games where it's like, I, I, you know, last year, I haven't talked about it this much this year, but last year I'm like, I don't understand why on the first play of every passing game, teams aren't just jumping every route because, like, they run stick. They run stick the first passing play of every single game. Like, that's what they do. And so, Daniel Jones, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pick-aside pre-snap read and you're reading the linebacker. 
and Booker's in, on a swing, and he thinks that Willie Gay's playing man coverage, but he's not. He jumps that like that's a really bad interception by Daniel Jones. Like I understand it's a very bang bang play, but you gotta you gotta see that linebacker and be like, oh, he's he's coming under, he's going he's going under and not over. Like if he's going over, you throw that. He's going, but he's going underneath on that. You can't throw that play, and that's bad. And that is you know that's a difference in a game against a team where you should be trying to uh, outscore. Because you don't, you know, your your team only scores seventeen points. You know, if you go for it on, on on for fourth down, then it's not. But so it's it's the system that we're in, and that was a really bad play by Daniel Jones, and that led to seven points for the other team. You yeah. Know? So that's why after that, Jones played fine, not great. So I, I mean, I have it as a a C game. I know it's you know if you win. Like last week, and it was the best game of Daniel Jones' career. I'm like, no, it's not. You know, it's a good game, but it's not the best game of his career. And then this game is like, oh, this is you know horrible, god awful. No, it's not horrible, god awful. It's, but it's not good. You know, I that's where I it's a, it's a C game to me because after that play, he played all right. You know, he was getting uh, you know, he only had uh one sack before that final drive where it's just like, gosh, you guys came in block like you guys you guys can't block at all. Um, you know, so he's like doing good job getting to his outlets, but. Um, you know, that, that interception changes the game. Yep. Unfortunately, it sucks that we're in that situation where that interception changes the game, but it does, you know, where it's like, we have to, the defense has to be really good and, you know, the offense needs to essentially be perfect. Like, I mean, it, it was, it was, if there was ever a game plan where it's like, we're trying to get 10 yards every three plays, it was this. Yeah. Like it was like the first and second down. And this, did you feel good about the run game today? I was pretty indifferent. I didn't feel great it about really it. It felt really good to me. Uh, well, like, I, like, wow, look at the, in the run second, game. In the second half. I would like to see the, the splits between the first half and the second half of yards per carry. But it, it's like, I felt really good about the run game for the first time this year. And it's like the bar is so low for the running game. The running backs had 15 carries. You know, Booker had 15 carries for 60 yards. He averaged yards. four yards per carry. Yeah. Four, like, exactly. And, and it was like, wow, look at look at a, a run game, you know, Cause because before this, it's like, you know, it's three yards per carry and they're getting, you know, they're going for losses constantly. So the fact that they were able to have even like a semblance of a run game was like the most amazing thing in the world. You know, and that's what's frustrating about, you know, Gettleman. It's like, you know, we talk about, you know, the run game and the devaluation of the run game, but it's like, you can't even run the ball well. And that was one of the things you said you're going to set out to do. Yeah. Um, so the thing with the know. Daniel Jones interception, because I also want to, I want to ask you about that pitch, that speed option that everybody's given him a lot of, a lot of flack for, for not getting it out there. So Patrick Mahomes made mistakes this game. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to see a lot of people criticizing Patrick Mahomes for making mistakes in, in, in this game and, faulting him for finding a way to win this game. But Daniel Jones makes a mistake first drive of the game. It cost them seven points, yes. But part of the reason why I am more, way more frustrated with coaching and management that has this philosophy than I am with the quarterback right now, because a lot of people are on Daniel Jones. They're on his case right now. It's because the quarterback can't make one mistake. When quarterbacks every single week make one mistake every single game, where that one mistake is the reason why it costs us a game. Because coaching is supposed to put the players in the position to succeed and to maximize and to correct those mistakes, but we do not have a coaching staff that does. Because coaches, they're supposed to do that. Players can make mistakes, but coaches are supposed to rise above that, and they're not. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's, it's, it wasn't a good game by Daniel Jones. No, it was you know, not. It's, it's, it was not. I, I feel a lot different about him than I did last year at this point, you know, where last year I was like, oh, man, this is bad. Where, you know, we'll, we can do it more on the mailbag, big picture Daniel Jones stuff. 
but it's like at the halfway point, it's like I feel pretty good about DJ. I yeah. don't feel amazing, but I feel I feel pretty good about you know this first half of the season. Am I sitting here saying like, oh, he's for sure the franchise guy and going crazy? No, but you can't call it a good game when that interception happens and no, you don't cannot. put up you don't put up more than seventeen points. I mean, you know, it's it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a train wreck, but you if you got to score more points for that to happen. Yeah. And again, coaching puts them in bad situations, but um. You know, it's QB. There's always going to be a lot of expected of you. you know? Yep. Can't call it a good game when your average intended air yards per passing attempt was four yards. Um, on average, Daniel Jones threw it four yards down the field this game. His average time to throw was 2.49 seconds. Three pass attempts of 10 plus air yards. Didn't complete a single one. I don't. I don't think. Um, not Ross use- one. He. Completed. Oh, excuse me. Yes. So John Ross completed that. Not using Kadarius Tony at the start of the game. Like what? What was that by the coaches? Um. All and this is again all against like the worst defense in the National Football League. So, for your average average intended air yards of four yards. And again, I get the offensive line is bad, you know, but it's like we said in the preview. It's like you got to kind of live with the fact, like, hey, we're gonna have some bad plays, but we're gonna get some big plays too, you know. And you saw that, like, you know, the Ross play, you score a touchdown on that drive. Yeah. Um, you can't coach afraid of sacks. You can't. You can't because th- this is how you end up. You know, like you end up, you end up just a bad offense. When you coach afraid of sacks, you end up becoming a bad offense. Yep. Um, and that's what they've, that's what they have been for twenty four games. They have been a, a team. There was a decent little stretch when you know your timing receivers went out and you had Andrew Thomas playing well. You know, versus the Saints, where you attacked all three levels of the field, but they just don't. You know, we talked about the Rams game plan. They didn't do any three level reads. Uh, Carolina, they did maybe one. This game, you know, you can't you can't tell for sure without the all twenty two, but it's like, I do you remember like any plays? Like, oh, they went back and looked at no, it was, it was it was stick 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 stick, and you have a third and seven, and it's like everyone runs to this like you know that third and seven towards the end of the game, uh, you know the drive before the Chiefs scored that field goal, you know Penny has the penalty, but it's third and seven, and everyone runs to the sticks, and you have one clear out on the outside, and they just turn around. You know, and you saw they played press man. They jammed it up, and they had the safeties and like play play inside on it. It's like, well, yeah, it's like they 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 are they've come to expect that on third down that they're trying they're not trying to gain gain a first down. They're trying to get six seven yards. They're trying to get the exact amount of yards they needed for a first down. What did you think of the speed option? The triple option. <laughs> it's crazy that we're running under center triple option like we're Georgia Tech. I on mean, he should have pitched short. it, huh? On third and short. Yeah, he should have pitched it, but like when we're talking franchise QB, him not pitching it on the triple option, which like Georgia Tech doesn't even run anymore. Um, I'm just not gonna go crazy. Like I get that it was third and one, and they tried to bait the de- the defensive player was trying to bait him into the pitch. Um, so he kept it. Like he's kind of so- he saw the defensive player, but on when it's that short yardage, the bait is enough to pitch it. Like he should have pitched it. But like I'm just not gonna go crazy over yeah. a triple option not pitching it on third and one. I don't even know if Booker was gonna get it. Yeah, I think he would have. It would have been close. It depended on how that cornerback played versus the wall. I mean, I just We're running the fucking triple option. I mean, what are we like it's <laughs> you know, I like creativity and stuff like that, but it's like have routes work off of each other. Yep. Not running the triple option. You know. Um, what else on the offense? Darius Slayton. 
Zero catches, zero yards for Darius Slade. Big drop. Yeah, he's, that, he's had a bad national television year. He just he has a lot of drops. He just doesn't get as hate as much hate for it as Evan Ingram for because they don't turn in the interceptions. You know, what did you think about where they called the defensive holding on him on that deep pass? Because it looked like he like pulled up on it. Yeah, but it, it, but it's like well he got held so maybe that is what. But little little bit of a lackadaisical effort getting to that football. Sure, um, big first down though. <laughs> Needed that first down. You know. Um, there, it's five of the 18 Giants first downs were via penalty this game. So that's 27% over a quarter, if you're doing the math. And they just want, I mean, 18 first downs, they were trying to get 10 yards every three plays. Like this was the Jason Garrett. This was, this is everything that we hate about Jason Garrett in the game. You know, and it's frustrating that the game we praise Jason Garrett is like, Ooh, they did a bunch of roll. They did a bunch of rollouts. Yeah. You know, it's like it's he's never going to be an advantage as an offensive coordinator, you know, and that should have been the first thing they should have done on January on January 4th was fire Jason Garrett. And that's on Joe Judge for bringing him back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that that's on Joe Judge for bringing him back. And that mixed with like and, and again, we have no evidence that Joe Judge wanted like we have no evidence that this isn't just as much Joe Judge's offense as it is Jason Garrett's. You know, the fourth down decision. Like, everything about Joe Judge screams conservative, you know. Um, so, like, this this is Joe Judge's offense. This is Joe Judge and Jason Garrett's offense. Yep. What else on the offense? Talked about the running game a little bit. Like I said, I really do want to look at the first half and second half splits because I have a feeling... I have a feeling the second half may be a little bit better, but I also could be wrong. My gut is saying... Second half is better. My brain is saying that they're relatively even. Just being You're mad. just talking about the run game or just offense in general? Run game. I'm talking about run game yards per carry. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's four yards per carry. Like, yeah. that shouldn't be celebrated, but it feels like a huge, it feels like a huge major, like, milestone for this Giants offense. You know, it's like, well, you didn't have, really have a bunch of negative running plays, and you, you know, you, you pop one for 10 yards here and there. Um, or, you know, you got four yards when you push the pile well. So frustrating, offensively. Um, I mean, we want to talk about the defense. I want to talk about the trade deadline. Actually, one thing we missed is the ad. So this holiday season, I'm giving thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Can't believe it. We're in November. I can't believe it. Thanksgiving is coming up. Really good holiday. Do I tell my extended family that I have the performance package 4.0 from the global leaders and blow the waist grooming? Do I tell them? It's a bad question. Of course I tell them. Not to mention the Performance Package 4.0. It includes their Lawnmower 4.0. Trimmer to take care of my bush and score brownie points with the in-laws. I don't know if I like that. Gift yourself Manscaped or the man in your life, ladies, who needs it. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS by going to manscaped.com. Two of the underrated products, obviously we talk about the lawnmower 4.0 every single week, but the Weed Whacker, need it for my long-ass nose hairs. There is one of my nose hairs, I believe it's this one, my right nose hair. It has hairs that go down longer than the left one, really bothering. Weed Whacker is going to take good care of me, and also... They have shampoo and conditioner in one 
and body wash. So those two things I have been using, they sent it to me, Manscaped sent it to me. So if you already have the, the Performance Package 4.0, if you have already used promo code GIANTS to get 20% off plus free shipping, there's more stuff for you to order and enjoy from Manscaped. Did not know that they had shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Smells great. Smells manly, smells like cologne. It complements my cologne very, very well, especially the body wash. So that's the stuff that I use. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get 20% off plus free shipping with code Giants at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code Giants at Manscaped.com. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Thank you to Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped. What do you think about Billy Price sliding? <laughs> thought it was funny. Like, dude, like, situation- I, I kind of want to hate him for it, but it's like, maybe he just knew the rule and didn't want to get popped. S- situational awareness. Also, that's that's like your moment. That's like your moment as an offensive lineman to get the ball in your hands and at least truck somebody. Like, come on, that's your moment. Seize it. Yeah, but it's like, it's like you can't advance it, but it's like, I don't know, it was just, was he, I don't know. I was just like, he was not thinking. Seize but he, your no, moment. But here, he the only the only depth the only explanation for it was that he was thinking. You know, it's like not thinking is running forward or trying to pitch it back to receiver. Thinking oh. is being like, it's like, yeah, so, but the I mean the only line was bad. Even Skur was missing stunts. I mean, Hernandez, like that, that Hernandez. final drive, that final drive is like what the hell? It's like yeah, seriously, like they're sending four. Yeah. They're sending four. You know, and then like the the third down. They the sent first five sack. on one. Huh? They sent five on one of those final sequence of plays, but still. But it's like, gosh, like we came and, you know, get a play that Chuck, you know, and then it's like, I'm so frustrating. Hernandez on Chris Jones, bad. Yeah, Hernandez got killed a bunch of and times. And Hernandez had a false start that cost him pretty good, too. Just like, dude, you know, four years. Four years in the league. Yeah, they have five guys in the offensive line who you have no faith in. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice take that I had a couple weeks ago saying Will Hernandez may be the only one that deserves a contract extension. I don't even know I don't even know that anymore. Between him not picking up stunts last week against Carolina. Backup. Yeah, he's a good he's a good backup. Um defensively, man, Patrick Graham came to play today. Like yeah. this is the way you beat the Chiefs. You know, like you, you make them be patient, and like the Giants have done it, did it better than anyone else this season, really. Um, you know, maybe the Titans did a better job, but like they were, they kept them patient. You know, and even even when the Chiefs tried to get them out of it, by the way, like that, and they did well. Like they when they were running the ball well, but when you look at it, it's like, well, think about you playing that too high, giving them everything underneath, and they only averaged four yards per carry running the ball. Yeah, you know, and, and like so, like. It's not a good game run defensively, but it's like that's like that's kind of like what you'll live with, you know. The the issue I always had was like, hey, I get that you're wanting to do the too high stuff, but like you're giving up 200 yards rushing versus the Cowboys and 170 versus the Saints. But if you want to do the two, like, and it's frustrating when they're doing it well, but like they were trying to get the the defense, the Giants, to start playing those safeties up and bait them into the, you know playing up and getting the big play. And Patrick Graham had them like, nope, sorry, like you guys are. Like you guys are, you guys are gonna have to beat us. You guys are gonna have to be extremely patient, you know, and to hold the Chiefs to twenty points and seven of those points coming right off of a turnover, you know, where you got the ball at the twenty yard line or whatever it was, you know, like that is, you know, that's two really good games out of Patrick Graham in this defense, you yeah. know, like, um, 
And, you know, I, I, I just think Patrick Graham is a really good, smart coach. There's been times where I've disagreed with stuff with him, but it's like he's constantly changing and doing different things. And, you know, he he's patient. Like, he believes in what he does, but he's not stubborn either, you know. Um, whether it was, you know, manning up James Bradbury on Travis Kelsey on third down and pressing him up, you know, uh, you know, keeping, like, keeping everything underneath with Tyreek Hill. Like, this was... It's just, it's a shame that this game by Patrick Graham and the Giants defense got wasted. Yep. And O'Shane Zimenez, you do nothing. You do nothing, and then you, like, that was the game. The Giants win that game if O'Shane Zimenez doesn't jump off sides. Um, and it's like, O'Shane Zimenez does nothing. Like, yeah. Quincy Roche is clearly better than O'Shane, you know? It's not like Roche is doing anything crazy. No, you could point to a lot of things this game and say that, hey, you know, if they do that one thing, it's, uh... It's a win for the Giants. You know, maybe if Elijah Penny doesn't cost the team 15 yards on a drive in which they're driving down the field, O'Shane doesn't jump off side or doesn't, you know, just doesn't jump off sides. If Daniel Jones doesn't throw the interception, if he pitches the ball out, you know, so again, it's just the problem of the, you know, you don't have the player execution, you don't have the coaching. Like, no, you know, nothing's working hand in hand with each other. Um, Kansas City, they were two for six in the red zone. You know, one for five if you're not counting the the Daniel Jones interception. So, Two for six in the red zone. Nice little 33% conversion for touchdowns. Not a single completion over 20-plus air yards for Patrick Mahomes. 15 of his 48 completions came behind the line of scrimmage. And still, even with throwing the ball near the line of scrimmage so much, Patrick Mahomes had a completion rate of 60.4. A CPOE, completion percentage over expected, which does measure um, quarterback accuracy, and it does kind of take into account, you know, if you have drop balls and stuff like that. Completion percentage over expected of minus 7.7. Um, that's really, really good. <laughs> really, really good. And fault Patrick Graham for some of the things that he's done this year. But one of the things that I am going to remember for him for, regardless of where he ends up next year, regardless of where Joe Judge is, um, one of the things I am always going to remember Patrick Graham for and be thankful for is I do think he is a coach where if he's playing Russell Wilson, if he's playing Patrick Mahomes, He's going to giddy up for it. Jason Garrett only seems to really ever giddy up for if he's playing for if he's playing against Dallas. But he's going to giddy up for these big games against big quarterbacks. And he comes up with Picasso-like game plans with these guys where nobody ever limited Russell Wilson in 2020 the way the Giants did until Patrick Graham did. Not a lot of people can say that they've limited Patrick Mahomes like the Giants did last night. There are some teams that have done it, but not a lot of teams can say that they've done it consistently. And they did it. So I will always be thankful for Patrick Graham doing those type, having these types of games in these types of situations. Bobby, you're muted. And, you know, with that, like, you know, having a real deal, you know, pass rusher besides Leonard Williams, you know, in the inside, who had a sack, a tackle for loss, and a QB hit today. Um, you know, you know, and 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 uh, at big time moments as well for Leonard Williams. You know, like like we t- we just talked about Daniel Jones and not being happy with this game. Patrick Mahomes was a lesser QB today. You know, like Patrick Mahomes played worse than Daniel Jones today, and we're talking about like Daniel Jones not playing well, and that's you know that's credit to Patrick Graham. They stayed consistent. I thought, uh, you know, like we didn't did we like McKinney. Like I think McKinney played well. It's hard to tell with the two high safety on yeah. TV, but like. Um, it's just so frustrating that McKinney is not as physical as, as he was at Alabama. And I get it. The pro game is different than the collegiate game. But if you're playing physical and if you're coming up and making plays at Alabama, 
I expect somewhat of a similar play style in the NFL. If you play that way in the SEC, I expect you to play similar in the NFL. And he's just so timid. Uh, I, I can't stand it. I, I really can't stand it. So, McK- yeah, you know, McKinney in coverage for a free safety, you know, had a, you know, had, had, a, had a decent game. But for those, even for people like myself who say that he's being used wrong and he should be a strong safety, he's not even as physical to be a strong safety or in the box safety. So I guess he needs to stay at free safety. Yeah, he, it's, McKinney, yeah, he hasn't really excited at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's frustrating. Like, you know, the, all the things we complained about, you know, at the start of like the big picture issues, you know, like Patrick Graham was one. It's like, and Patrick Graham, like, you know, for the offense should have self-scouted and totally changed. Patrick Graham self-scouted more. Like he, like he studied what other defensive court, like he studied what the Fangio's, the Staley's did this off season and like got more to the two high looks, you know? Um, you know, and again, there's been things I've disagreed with Pat Graham this year, but it's like, this guy is changing, evolving yeah. and trying to get better and better. And he's a smart dude, you know? Um, Patrick Graham like, had a top 10 defense in 2020. And still changed it dramatically the ne- the following season. Yeah, like didn't didn't just <laughs> copy and paste what you know where like that would have been what most what most coordinators do is they like all right we had a good season let's just do the same exact things next year. No, like no Graham's like hey I want to change I want to get better I want to get with the times. Um, you know it's like I I got a door I want to play more press man but it's like all right against the Chiefs we can't we're not going to do uh, press man except for when it's on third down. Uh, you know and we'll blitz here and there. Um, you know, and it's not just being like, all right, let's go all out blitzes. And so, uh, you know, and also not like being too overreactive. So the past two games have been really good from Pat Graham. There's been things I didn't like what they did versus, um, Dallas in the run game wise, but Dallas offense is so good. Uh, like Dallas, Dallas scares me way more than Kansas city did, you know, and we got, we got a lot of heat. I got a lot of heat for saying that Dallas was the best offense they're going to face this year. Like it's, it's the, it's, it's going to give the giants more issues than any other offense. And they not showing it. (laughs) Yeah. I I fully still believe that like what their offense does is like, whatever you're going to do, we'll do the opposite. So it just sucks that 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 was, that could have been a really nice darn a Holmes interception. By the way, Aaron Robinson got like a good amount of reps in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah, good, good for him. He 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 seemed to seemed to do all right. I saw a guy running out there with dreads. I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, that's literally the first thing I was like, wait, who's that? Thirty three. I'm like, it's not crossing. I was like, is that like? Is I was like, is that Stephen Parker? And then I was like, oh no, that's Aaron Robinson. Oh, we did have a Keon Crossin sighting today. You know, six. Get a sack uh, and a tackle for a loss. Twenty 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 three six round draft pick. I believe we 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 got him for. It wasn't this year. It was next year. Yeah, next year. And yeah, so, Cam Brown was playing. Yeah. Um, I liked yeah. I liked playing Cam Brown. I, and we're really getting into it, but I liked playing Cam Brown because it always seemed like when he was in there, he was chasing Patrick Mahomes down from the opposite side of the field. And it's like, yeah, he's fast. Put him in yeah. there, chase him Cam, down. What Cam Brown will do that Lorenzo Carter and Ocean Zimenez will do, like Cam Brown's not going to win versus a tackle. No. What Cam Brown does is he gets up the field and fast. And when a QB like loses, it's like Cam Brown's there, like dogging, you know, dogging the QB. Um, you know, so when you're doing like stunts and stuff like that up the middle, like I want Cam Brown in there over uh, Lorenzo and O'Shane. I mean, that was the majority of the game where Mahomes throws an incompletion, and you have one or two guys that are, you have one guy that's trailing behind him, and then you have another guy that's you know maybe an interior defensive lineman who's in front of him, who's closing in, closing in, closing in, and then Mahomes has you know the these one or two seconds before he's going to get hit by somebody, before he has to throw the ball away, or before he 
you know, there were some risky throws, but, you know, Mahomes has made, made two where there's one where Julian Love, uh, you know, maybe could have got got a hand on the ball here or there. So, um, it, brilliant. It, it was really brilliant where, you know, we were talking before the game, Bobby, you know, on Friday's preview pod, and we're talking, well, who do we want Tyree Kill to be covered by? Dory Jackson or James Bradbury? To be honest, I I don't even know if they were covering him all that often, either one of them. Really? Well, Dory was on him a decent amount. But what I like too is like when they were motioning Tyreek, and this is something that happened with the Rams, got kind of got caught up with a little bit when they had Goff as their QB. Is like they're like, all right, we're like we're staying in our zone. We're not we're not changing anything. Like do all that motion. We're just we're just not going to move. Yeah, you know, like good luck with that. We're not gonna we're not gonna react to your motion, um, which I thought was was pretty good. So I mean, good game defensively. It sucks is wasted on a loss. Yep. You know, um, so. Um, what did I want to talk about? And stinks because I still feel like linebacker is such a huge problem. Tay Crowder has really disappointed me this year. He's not playing in... They don't play aggressive, but I guess this game they weren't wanting to, but still. Yeah, Tay Crowder is obviously not an interior linebacker number one, and maybe he's just maybe he just fits better as an interior linebacker number two. But, oh my God, Tay, Tay, Tay Crowder is not good right now. <laughs> He is not. Um, and they, they they did all this. They did all that with, uh, you know, Xavier McKinney, who were iffy about, Tay Crowder, who's not playing well. And, you know, uh, yeah, that just sucks. I want to talk about the trade deadline, but I feel like there was one other thing I'm missing that I wanted to hit on. Damn it. What, what, is, the, what is something I, I might be missing on? Corner, hmm. safety, D-line, outside line. I, I don't know. All right, so I can't I can't remember what it was. Evan Ingram has some trade value. He should be traded tomorrow. Like, you know, it's it's always when you're dealing with, like, spec, speculating and stuff, it's like it's hard to tell. But Evan, you know, like, if, if they get offered a seventh for Slayton, I probably wouldn't take that, you know, as much as I'm emotionally over him right now. But Evan Ingram, you're two and six. You're not going to win this year. You're not going to the playoffs. And even if you did, like, who cares? Um, which they're not. He's on an expiring contract. You're bringing in a new regime. He should be traded tomorrow. There is trade value out there for Evan Ingram. You're not going to get anything in a comp pick. If you do, it's a sixth or a seventh. And, and that's not even a guarantee. Evan Ingram should be traded tomorrow. Like, he is the one player where it's like he sh- there's no reason for him to not be traded tomorrow. Like, I, I will be pissed if he's not traded tomorrow. There's zero reason to not trade him. I agree. You know, he hasn't been having these negative – he hasn't been having really big plays. He had the touchdown today with good stuff, but he hasn't been having – he hasn't had negative plays really this year after that fumble in his first game versus Atlanta. Um, but they're not going to. You know that, right? I don't know. I don't know. But there's just there's just no reason to not trade Evan Ingram. Yeah, it's not. But they're not going to. You know, you're not getting a Landon Collins comp pick. You're not so going frustrating. to. I'm not even sold that they're going to go with the different regime, Bobby. I'm not even sold. What do you mean? Gettleman's going to be gone, but I I think Judge is still here, and I think I I'm kind oh. of I'm kind of getting into that mindset. If it's judging a new OC, I can talk myself into an offseason of hope. But if it's judging Garrett, it's like... And again, I don't want Judge being brought back. 
Um, but if it's Judge and Garrett, it's just like it kind of ruins the offseason. Yeah. It's like, what is there to hope for? It's like, this, we know this is not going to work. He will never be an advantage. He will never be advantage as an offensive coordinator. That one New Orleans game, though, when we had everybody there. That Washington game, though, when we had everybody there. I understand personnel is not bad, uh, or, or is bad, but he will never be an advantage. Why wouldn't an elite, where I think an offensive coordinator, a, a play, offensive play caller, is maybe the most important thing in the NFL right now. It, it, I think it is. Like, unless you have the top, top QB, you know, and even then you have the top, top QB. If you don't have a good play caller, like you're screwed too. You know, you can, you can have a, you don't have to need to have a great one. But if like you have a top offensive play caller, I think it's the most important thing in the NFL right now. I do. I agree. You know, like look at what Sean McDay did with Jared Goff for years, you know. Um, And it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was surrounded by like a ton of talent on offense in LA. You know, it was like good talent, nothing special. Um. you know, and and now this guy's zero and eight. Like a, a top play caller is, and it's like that. Jason Garrett will never be that. At best, he'll be average, and I don't think he'll ever be that either. You know, I'd be surprised if he was like an average offensive coordinator. No, that's why I said a couple weeks ago when evaluating what the Giants are going to do in the future. I said I'm not going to fully trust in the vision of the franchise until they show me they can produce explosive plays at a plus rate and score points at a plus rate and. That requires bringing in a play caller that believes in that. Like that, that is going to be the thing that I'm going to be evaluating. Whatever comes next with this team, you know, I'm not going to talk myself into, you know, whatever they say during press conference. You know, well, while that'll be nice, whatever they say in a press conference, a lot of lot of do, a lot of lot of da. That is the stuff that I'm going to be dissecting the most. Is wherever X Y Z person came from, what does that offense do, and how do they move the ball? That's what I'm going to be looking at. Because that is what most important. I think you hit that on the head. All right, that's an episode. So schedule, because we're playing on Monday night. If they make a trade, we'll be back tomorrow for a Wednesday podcast. We'll 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 mix it, talking about whatever player is traded, and we'll do our mailbag um, for Wednesday. If nobody's traded, we will or fired or whatever. We'll put the mailbag pod out on Thursday, and then we'll have a regular preview pod on Friday. So that's all. So either Wednesday or Thursday, the midweek mailbag pod will come out. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be back. We'll continue talking about this team. Looking forward to the rest of the year, seeing how Daniel Jones does. Um, yeah, he's going to be the QB next year. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next pod. Until then, let's go big. Blue.